MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Well, the future always has a way of arriving ahead of schedule, and on behalf of the Fox Sports Radio family, we wish you continued enjoyment of the Thanksgiving weekend, all of you. And can you believe it? The college football regular season came to a close today, and all that remains are conference championships, bowl games, and the Final Four playoff. And, of course, Army versus Navy on December 8th. And while we're at it, we thank all of the men and women for your service stationed around the world so we can enjoy the freedom to plunk down a wager on our favorite team or game. And on that note, welcome back to another edition of Straight Out of Vegas. R.J. Bell is out. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate code. Now, this is the weekend edition of Straight Out of Vegas. As you know, Straight Out of Vegas airs Monday through Friday right here on Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, from 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 6 to 7 Eastern with R.J. Bell, Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers, and Jonas Knox. And each day where they take you behind the scenes, offering up solid commentary and insights on the world of sports betting so you can benefit from their years of expertise. And on Saturday, our Saturday edition of Straight Out of Vegas, we look back. We look back at the best of, and we'll take another look at some of the most compelling takes and analyses from the previous week so you can enjoy them again. Here's the best thing about this concept. Each of the best of takes... Well, they're designed to look ahead to this week's NFL action. So during the week, the guys devote five full hours to providing the finest content. On the weekends, we distill it down to the best hour. And, of course, I'll add my own inflection as well because I live in Las Vegas, too, and I've been privy to these guys and their, no, uh, their know-how for many years. So join us every Saturday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. We want you along for the ride. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show 
you always wanted. Now, the show's designed to preview the uh, NFL slate tomorrow, and kickoff is less than 12 hours away for this week's games. But as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, let's first take a quick look at some of the current happenings before we dive into the NFL. Like we do every week, let's take a quick roll call of the current college football Final Four. I'm going to go ahead and start with Michigan. I'd like to thank the Michigan Wolverines for participating in the 2018 college football season. Uh, please pick up your home version of the game on the way out. Boy, you know, your revenge tour, it was adorable. I understand it continues next week. You're opening up for the Mighty Mighty Boston's. We'll get to that next. Maybe we'll never get to that. And by the way, I don't want to say Jim Harbaugh took it on the chin today, but rumor has it he's in concussion protocol. All right, good night, folks. I'm here all week, two shows Saturday. Let's look at the teams that are surviving. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, check. All right, so who does this open the door for? I think the door has swung wide open for Oklahoma. They get Texas next week in the Big 12 championship game. And if they beat Texas and avenge the earlier loss, they'll be 11-1, and and they will have beaten everybody they played this year. Think about that. LSU's out. They had a soul-crushing loss tonight. Seven overtimes. Seven overtimes. They scored 72 points and lost. Did I mention it went seven overtimes? By the way, on a side note, uh, no one fouled out of that game either. (laughs) How about Georgia? Well, Georgia holds their feet in their hands. All they got to do is beat Alabama next week. Yeah, that's all they got to do. I don't think it's going to happen. We're going to revisit this a little bit later. You'll see what I mean by that. But right now, it's Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. I think they're all probably pretty safe. I don't think Clemson will lose to Pitt. I really don't think Alabama will lose to Georgia. Notre Dame did what they were asked to do. They're undefeated. They're in. So we'll see who that fourth slot is by this time next week. We'll have that information. Tonight, we also continue our 10-second feature while you were sleeping with our own Sleepy J. See, while you guys are sleeping, the Straight out of Vegas staff, where they're working 24-7 to find ways you can distress your bookie and impress your friends. Listen for that. Sleepy's been really sharp with some of his takes. Also, tonight at the bottom of the hour, I'll take you inside the Fratto House for my weekly commentary. I'm going to offer up my amateur psychology on the dangers of getting caught up in the groupthink echo chamber, especially when it comes to sports betting. What I mean by that, if you allow the opinions of the masses to do your research, you're asking for trouble. It's like rule number five in golf. You're responsible for your own ball and your own score. Always Trust yourself to find the right information to make the best decisions. And while you're at it, listen to Straight Out of Vegas. All right, let's dive into this NFL slate. And one thing we've noticed this year is offenses are scoring at will. Nothing but high-flying offenses. How do you stop them? Well, earlier in the week, RJ gave a clue about the only real way you can slow up or stop a high-flying offense. Of course, it's easier said than done for the defenses that face them, but it's critical. RJ gets very specific about the top NFL offenses and how it's reflected in their one-loss record. Let's take a listen. It's so difficult with these super elite teams, offensive teams in the NFL, to stop them that the ability to have high impact defensive plays, right? Interceptions returned for a touchdown, strip sacks. That is what maybe makes a great defense against these teams. The Ravens, if they're playing the Jets, yeah, Jets don't have a great offense, they don't even have an average offense. The old school way of playing defense still works. But let's think about the best offenses in the NFL. If I said these are the clearly best offenses, Kansas City, New Orleans, Los Angeles Rams. Does that sound right? Good. Okay. These teams combined have lost four games this season. Kansas City, two. 
in those games, they scored 51 points in the loss, 40 points in the loss, Kansas City. Saints, one loss, 40 points. Rams, one loss, 35 points. So if you have the three elite offenses, and in four losses, they score 51, 40, 40, and 35, you're not beating them because you stopped them. You're beating them because there's one play somewhere in that game that there's a pressure, tip pass, linebacker returns it for a touchdown. Now that's almost like two scores because, hey, if you're scoring almost every time and you get in, and it's kind of a 14-point swing, it's hard to come back from that. Said the Chiefs scored 51 points Monday night and lost. Part of the reason, you think, Mahomes threw five picks. There actually was a little bit of defense in that game. There was even a pick six. Moving along, you know, one of the things the guys have talked about is the importance of getting the best number. But there are key numbers in football when it comes to betting the NFL. And the biggest one is three. Now, RJ is going to reveal here in this cut what to focus on when you place a bet. And he kind of takes you behind the curtain to share with you the most important number in football when it comes to backing your team. Fezzik also chimes in with a recent experience that he had that can really cause frustration for even the most seasoned better. Let's have a listen. If you win, you're betting numbers and losers bet teams. That's the most important thing you got to realize. It's not about teams. It's about numbers. And three, as Jonas said, is the most key number in the NFL. If a game has a spread around three, the favorite wins by exactly three, like last night, like Thursday, almost 10% of the time. And Fez, on Sunday night... The other TV game, it almost happened again. And this is the one that I lost, RJ. I bet the Vikings plus three, and they're down five going for a two-point conversion. That had a 50% chance to also land on three. Yeah, because you make that two half the time, and then we would have had a three again, which, again, that was a, a tough number to get. We got it. We I lost with you, but we would have pushed. But if you have two and a half... There was no pushing. There was no winning. Drawing dead. You were draw. That's a good way to think about it. Drawing dead. So to me, guys, listen, the most common question I get, RJ, they say, I have a job. I want to bet smarter. I want to win more, but I can't do it exactly like a pro. I can't do it fully like a pro. But how can I find that middle ground? And to me, having a high-priority valuing the key number, any number in the NFL, but the key numbers especially, and not betting when you get the worst of it, is probably the best advice I could give of a simple way to start betting more like a pro. Excellent advice from RJ. You want to think like a pro, bet like a pro, and RJ takes you behind the curtain so you can. I want to thank Sleepy J for correcting me. The Chiefs turned the ball over five times last week. Three were interceptions. Two were lost fumbles. Let's shuffle off to Buffalo. Jacksonville will visit Buffalo. I believe they're a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, RJ, in this cut, shares an astonishing trend about teams with long winning streaks. But even so, the odds makers somehow still manage to show them respect. Let's have a listen. Here's an amazing trend I've never seen before. Teams on a five-game losing streak or longer, and that's Jacksonville. Baltimore Lions. When they're favored, all right, so it's a team that's been losing like crazy, but they're still favored. There's been 100 or so times in the last 30 years that was the case. 43% of 
against the spread. So Jacksonville, big losing streak. They're still favored. History says fade Jacksonville. All right. So RJ shares what is sort of a astonishing, you know, number there. So as a result, the guys with this game, Jacksonville at Buffalo, they have a strong lead towards one side in this game. All right. Let's have a listen. Why do you like the Bills? Well, I don't like Jacksonville. I think this is a horrible spot. A dream crusher against Pittsburgh. We all saw it. They were three and six, still mathematically alive, thinking to themselves, hey, we could run the table, and then they lose, go to three and seven. Now it's over. They know they're not going anywhere, and they were all in, and they gave that game away. I can't see Jacksonville being excited about going up to Buffalo in 40 degrees here in November. I don't know if you're excited to go to Buffalo anytime. With all due respect, both folks. Sorry, your beef on WEC is terrific, and it's a great city. I take it back. It's been a tale of two seasons for the Jaguars. Now, their first four games, they were 4-1, and one, and they were only allowing 14 points per game. Now, their last six games, they're 0-6, and, and they're giving up 27 points per game. Now, RJ and Fezzik, they talked about which side they liked in this game. Not so because not 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 so much because they like the side. It's more of a fade on the team. They think we'll have a difficult time getting up for this game, and I think they're right. Jacksonville, after losing last week and coughing up that big league against Pittsburgh, I don't really think they want to get on a plane and go to Buffalo. They know their season's pretty much done, and I don't know if you can blame them. So while we're talking about all that gibberish, riddle me this, Batman. What do you get when you have the number two defense facing the number three defense? You get two, three, and seven teams playing each other. What? That's Buffalo and Jacksonville. Well, Jacksonville is just 1-11 as road chalk when coming off in an ATS win, which they did last week. They covered if you got the best of the number. They were getting six, went down to four, so they either pushed or covered. They're heading on the road as a favorite. They're 1-11 in this situation after coming off an ATS win. Meanwhile, Buffalo at home, they're 7-3 against the spread as a home dog of six or less points when they face an opponent who's coming off a spread win. What does that do? That probably takes you to the Buffalo side. I think you get a motivated Buffalo team and you also get Josh Allen back at quarterback. Up next, we're going to be talking about some early game handicaps involving the Raiders and Ravens and Eagles and Giants and Seahawks and Panthers and a whole bunch more. I'm Bernie Fratto. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, and no, there's no stopping us now. We're going to keep it moving. This is the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, and we are going to head off to Baltimore where they are hosting the Oakland Raiders coming off their big win last week, Baltimore League 11 and a half. And what drives this matchup is a surprising game plan that John Harbaugh used last week and a strategy he might not get away with this week. So for the second week in a row, should you be taking a serious look at Oakland as a dog again? RJ weighs in. Let's have a listen. To me, this is driven by this matchup. What the surprise factor that Harbaugh had with Lamar Jackson, 27 runs, 19 passes. Yes, the quarterback ran more than he threw. Now, that was a surprise. Like the Wildcat was 
when they broke it out. Now they got tape on it. Now, I'm guessing Harbaugh kind of has another move. But if you're an 11-point favorite or over doubles and you're winning by 10 late, are you going to be running your quarterback still or are you going to get super conservative? So if you like the dog here, I think there's really good reason because, one, that surprise factor no longer there for Baltimore running so much. And, two, how many hits does Harbaugh want Jackson to take in a game that might already be decided and still you might cover in that spot with the Raiders. So Lamar Jackson made history last week because he was the fifth first-round pick to make a start in his rookie season. And, oh, by the way, he ran for 117 yards and 27 carries. Yes, you heard that right. The times, they are changing. I bet you didn't know if the season ended today, the Ravens would be the number six seed in the AFC. And this is the third game in a row at home for Baltimore, and they're five and one against the number in game three of a three-game homestand. This is kind of a playoff game for the Ravers. I actually think they're going to crush the Raiders here. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles laying five against the New York Giants. Pay close attention to this cut because RJ gives a recent history lesson here on the Eagles and the Giants and compares them side by side. And he points out the fallacy of looking at a line and drawing too many conclusions without really digging deeper. Fezzik also points out the one thing that has really plagued the Eagles this season and how it's really put a damper on this team in their first nine games. Let's have a listen. If you look at the Eagles, and this was a concept we talked about with Brad earlier on the college side. Ohio State has a history. How much can a team really vary from that history? Well, let's look at the history of the Eagles and the Giants. Since the start of last season, Eagles are 20 and 9 straight up. The Giants are 6 and 20 straight up. The Eagles are favored by 6. There's 5 and a half out there. That means on a neutral this is 2 and a half. Now, I get it. This isn't the same Eagles team. I get it. Giants have won some games recently. But I got to be honest with you, this feels like such an overreaction that the baseline of these teams cannot have gotten that close with the Eagles still motivated in the playoffs. And of course, the one key concern is Philly is decimated in the secondary that's been bad all year. Four new cornerback injuries just in the past two weeks. I'm glad you mentioned that, Fez. Eli Manning's probably the last quarterback ready, equipped today to take advantage. Wouldn't you say? Well, he's got the weapons, though. What do you, well, if he got the weapons, why haven't we seen those weapons <laughs> weaponizing people? I think we're going to see it happen this Sunday. Well, so you're saying this is the aberration. This is the opportunity. Yeah, well, true. And Eli's had a lot of opportunities recently. It, listen, let's just say this. You haven't gone broke betting against Eli Manning and his weapons. By the way, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. Next up, we're going to dive into Seahawks-Panthers. But first, let's throw it to Sleepy Jay for another while-you-were-sleeping vignette. Well, the Eagles had no choice but to play some of those wide receivers at cornerback and safety this week in practice. Eagles right now, they're only down to four healthy bodies, Bernie, for that secondary. One injury could mean quarterback wide receiver Braxton Miller from Ohio State might be one of the replacement players. Wow, it's like a high school game here. Imagine that. Now... Take note because it's a good point, Sleepy Jay, because you've still got a Hall of Fame quarterback in Eli Manning, and you got to believe he's going to be able to throw against that secondary. All right, I said to Carolina, the Panthers are laying three, and RJ takes a deep dive into the complexity of the matchups in this cut. 
It's not just how well a team does offensively or defensively, but how do they fare against certain matchups that may favor a team while at the same time working against their opponent, Carolina's opponent, is Seattle. Let's have a listen. One of the things I love to do, and Fez, we don't do enough of this, is integrate matchups. We are great on how good a team is. We're not as good on how they're going to match up. Will this tight end do well against cover two? I'm working on it. Here's something I've uncovered here. Both teams, if you look at the stats, Carolina and Seattle want to run the ball. In fact, if you look at Seattle, last two games, 173 yards rushing against Green Bay, 273 against the Rams. Carolina's D is better against the run. DVOA of 14 versus 24. Carolina wants to run. They're much better against the run. And Seattle's defense is much worse against the run. They're number 20 against the run, number six against the pass. So you've got both teams want to run. Carolina's defense is better against the run. Seattle's isn't. To me, that's a big advantage for Carolina. Home sweet home has never been so apropos as it is with Cam Newton companies. They are 5-0 and at Bank of America Stadium in 2018, and they're actually riding a 10-game winning streak at home. Plus, the Panthers are 16-6 and in the Cam Newton era when coming home after a road loss. One last thing. The Panthers seem to save their best for above 500 teams as they are 19-7 and in this spot. By the way, quick side note about this game. The Los Angeles Rams can clinch a playoff berth merely by watching Carolina win this game. That's it. Actually, they don't even have to watch the game. Carolina just has to win, and the Rams are in the playoffs. All right, let's head to Florida. Tampa Bay hosting the San Francisco 49ers, laying one and a half. Well, if this football thing doesn't work out in Tampa Bay, maybe they can start a bakery because the Bucks have produced 27 turnovers in their last eight games. The other news, they've only forced two turnovers in that same period. No wonder they're one and seven in that same period. But RJ speaks about how often a team can still cover the spread against oddball conditions, plus RJ's theory about turnovers and how they happen can be an important factor in how you actually assess the Buccaneers' chances on Sunday. Let's take a listen. Turnovers dictate in the NFL more than anything. And teams that are minus four in turnovers in a given game, net-net, where they give the ball up four extra times, they only cover the spread historically 4% of the time. So once in 25 games, a team is able to overcome being minus four. Recently in the last month, Tampa Bay's been minus four twice. They're undefeated against the spread. They're 1-0-1 against the spread being minus four. Now you might say, RJ, they're minus four for a reason. They stink. No, we believe a big chunk of turnovers, Vegas believes, is about luck, bad luck. And thus... Tampa had a lot of bad luck and still 1-0-1 in those games. That means, to me, Tampa's probably underrated. Imagine that. Well, if RJ says it, you know he's done the research. Bad luck. Wasn't that a song by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes? But, but I digress. Look, the 49ers are coming off a bye, and they're 0-7 the week after they get rest. Not good. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay is a maddening group of people. I mean, they're just, how do you back this team? I, I just don't know. I mean, they 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 play dial a quarterback. They've just they've been very mercurial. The, the Buccaneers have actually had five games in which they've compiled 500 yards of offense or more 
and yet they're only one and four straight up in those games. I think you lay points at your own risk here. I don't know what you do with that game. You don't have to bet it. You can if you want to, but take RJ's advice while you're at it. Now, after the break here, we're going to get to my inside the Fratto House commentary. At the top of the show, I referenced the Michigan Wolverines and, and their debacle today, but I'm going to tie it into a larger issue having to do with how you assess how you make a decision in a game you want to bet and how much you take into consideration what other people say about that game. Again, like I said earlier, it's like golf. Rule five, you're responsible for your own ball and your own score. So if you're going to lay down your hard-earned money and you want to win long-term in this business, you want to find an edge on your own, careful how much you listen to other people. That is my Inside the Fratto House commentary coming up in just a second. But first, let's go to Ralph Irvin with the latest. Well, thank you very much, Bernie. And, of course, it's funny you mentioned the 49ers and Buccaneers because one little variable is in there now. Reuben Foster is being covered well by the Tampa Bay Police Department. He is arrested today in Tampa Bay at the 49ers Team Hotel on a domestic violence battery. It is Foster's second domestic abuse arrest this year. No word yet on whether or not he will play for San Francisco. Earlier today, of course, number four, Michigan was battered and beaten by Ohio State. 62-39. They are likely, well, they are out of the CFP race. Number five, Georgia ready to face Alabama. Next week, they drop Georgia Tech 45-21. Of course, number one, Bama easy over Auburn. 52-21. Number two, Clemson cruise past South Carolina 56-35. In late action, number 17, Utah 35-21 win over BYU. Number 23, Boise State won a heck of a game 33-21 over number 21, Utah State. And it's a final in San Diego. The Aztecs go for two in overtime. They fail to accomplish the score. Hawaii wins at 31 at 30. Their first win over San Diego State since 2005. Their first win in San Diego since 1989. Of course, online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the best deal on the car that you want. Before you go anywhere else, just go to truecar.com. And in the NBA, huge night for Carl Anthony Towns. 35 points, 22 rebounds. Minnesota, a 111-96 win over Chicago. Kevin Durant also a monster night. 44 points, 13 rebounds. The Warriors beat Sacramento 117-116. Back to you. Hey, Ralph. Welcome back, buddy. We missed you. Thank you. And by the way, before I let you run, if there was one team, don't overthink it, just blurt it out. The one team you think could actually possibly beat Alabama, who would it be? You tell me the worst team in the NFL and they can beat Alabama easy. But no college any, but, teams, but a college team, no. Fair enough. That's a that's a fair answer. My man, Vince Close, you're a thoughtful guy. Answer the same question. If it's anybody, and I think it would be tough, I'd have to maybe go with Clemson. Yeah. That's I noticed neither one of you guys said Michigan. Remember my show a couple of weeks ago? I walked into the, one of the local sports books here with a Michigan gear on it. Said, yeah, they're going to beat Alabama. And I had the guy drug tested, and he failed. Uh, so that brings me to my monologue. The Inside the Fratto House monologue, weekly commentary. Wake the kids, alert the neighbors, grandpa put on pants. Here we go. Now, guys, there are two things I avoid like the plague. One, going through the drive through lane at my favorite burger joint. And two, 
going to ATM machines. You see, every time I go through a drive-thru, all I want is my Happy Meal and I want to be on my way quickly. But it never fails. I'm always behind somebody who's ordering dinner for the Fifth Fleet and they pay with spare change from their piggy bank. And every time I go to an ATM, I just want to get my 200 bucks and be on my way quickly. But it never fails. I'm always behind somebody who's trying to orchestrate a leverage bank buyout on an ATM machine. Now, I do my best to avoid these situations, but sometimes I lose focus. But I'll tell you what I also like to avoid. And that's becoming a victim of the narrative from the groupthink echo chamber. You know what I mean? Somebody says something, then it gets repeated, then it takes on a life of its own. Finally, there's critical mass. It's during these situations you want to strongly consider being a contrarian. Because if you get on board... Based on no other information other than the groundswell of public opinion, not only will you likely live to regret it, it could get very expensive for you, especially in the world of sports betting. Case in point, you know, today the Michigan Wolverines traveled to Columbus, and they were road favorites of four and a half points in five in some spots against the Buckeyes. Now, what if I told you that last August you could have gotten those same Wolverines at plus seven? So what the heck happened? Well, Michigan did compile a record of 10-1, and and each week the echo chamber grew louder and louder. Hey, Don Brown's defense, well, they're the greatest thing since sliced pepperoni. Jim Harbaugh has finally figured it out. Jay Patterson's brilliant. I forget the fact that Michigan compiled this resume against teams with a cumulative record of 47-52. and Sure, go ahead and ignore the fact Ohio State was also 10-1. and And by the way, Urban Meyer was 6-0 and versus Michigan. And what if I told you Urban Meyer had only been a dog at Ohio State six times? And in all six times, his team won each of those games outright. As each week went by, the, the groupthink crowd, well, they, through sheer inertia, they got louder and louder, some even saying, bring on Alabama. Okay, pump the brakes. You know, most often when two opponents face each other on the field, it's more about form and function and who can execute in that specific situation as opposed to merely assuming what will happen based on the past. I covered 10 of those Ohio State-Michigan games when I was back in Michigan. It's like any other game. Pressure, you know, causes some people to break. It causes others to break records. Here's my take. Urban Meyer has a track record. Jim Harbaugh has a past. Oh, by the way, in case you missed the game today, Ohio State won 62-39. In closing, here's your takeaway. If you want to win long-term in the world of sports betting, you do it by doing your research and finding an edge, not by listening to the roar of the crowd and falling in line. By the way, just so you know, if Michigan would have ever gotten the field against Alabama, Alabama would have been favored by 14 and a half points. All right, up next, Patriots and Jets. Before I get to that, I want to give huge props to my guys back in Los Angeles. Iowa Sam, Ralph Irvin, and Vince Close. You guys do a terrific job helping me put this show together. Could not do it without you. On we go. RJ, we're talking about Pat's Jets now. RJ talks about a trend. Oh, by the way, the Jets are 10.5-point dogs at home. Now, RJ talks about a trend that's really been the best friend of the better if you were able to take advantage of it. Listen close to the numbers RJ shares in this cut. It's a trend that involves the Patriots this week. Let's have a listen. This is the trend that we've been talking about a good bit. If you have a road favorite off a buy, 72% against the spread since 2002. 72%. 130, or uh, check that, 61 winners, 24 losers against the spread. What's the logic? It's that you're not going to overlook a team like you often will if you're a big road favorite 
if you're off a bye because you've had your rest, you've had your fun, now it's back to football. That's one of the reasons I think the Pats might be a good bet. Let me start with this. Bill Belichick is coming off a bye week with a loss. Bill Belichick has never lost the week following a bye in which the Pats lost the previous game. No, I'll tell you what, let me start with this. Rob Gronkowski's back. Now, what if I told you when Brady's on the field with Edelman and Gronk, the Pats are 37-0 straight up versus AFC opponents? Are the Jets an AFC opponent? You get the picture. Do you want to lay the points? Why not? The Pats are a tidy 25-7 against the spread, coming off a double-digit loss. And one word of caution, the Jets have covered their last five in a row versus the Patriots, but I don't really think that's going to matter here. Let's go back to the fine state of Ohio at in-state battle. Cincinnati will visit Cleveland. The Browns are actually catching a point. Now, in this cut, RJ makes a point about how Cleveland benefits from the recent week off, given all the turbulence that surrounded the Browns this year and in recent weeks. Now, meanwhile, Fezzik also talks about the timing of when an NFL team gets their bye and how much more beneficial it can be when it falls in a certain time period. Let's have a listen. I would make the following point. Fez, you can tell me if you agree. The Browns benefit being off a bye here more than any team I can ever remember. The combination of having so many overtime games, so many close games otherwise, those are physically and emotionally difficult games. Then you change a coaching staff in the middle, in the middle of a week where it's not a bye week. It's not even a Thursday, 10-day rest of the next Sunday. It was... Sunday to Sunday, and still they were able in their last game to beat Atlanta. Now you give them two weeks to integrate the new coaching and also to rest finally. Whatever you think of the Browns, I think this bye has done them more good than any team I can remember. Agree, and I think late season buys in general very positive for any NFL team. Well, the Bengals are a very unimpressive 1-7 and seven against the spread when they're facing teams coming off their bye week, and I actually think Baker Mayfield and his offense can do some real damage here. In their last five games, Cincinnati has been out-yarded by more than 230 yards per game. You know, frankly, the Browns have their better defense, too. This could be a long day for the Bungles. No, I didn't mispronounce that. I call the Cincinnati Bengals the Cincinnati Bungles. All right, up next, we've got Colts Dolphins. We've got Chargers Cardinals, so don't go away. This is the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, and you're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And we're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, and we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. That's A-U-T-O. The only hard part? Figuring out which way is easier. Miami visits Indianapolis. The Colts laying eight. By the way, Andrew Luck, seven straight games with three touchdowns or more. Now, in this cut, RJ gives his perspective on QB rating and how Andrew Luck in his last four games, he's been producing historical numbers. In addition, Fezzik explains why Luck has been so prolific. And a spoiler alert, the Big Uglies up front, well, they've kept his jersey clean. But unfortunately, the Colts might be a man down this week. Let's have a listen. This is amazing. Everyone's kind of saying Andrew Luck is good <laughs> again. The greatest QBR season, that's a quarterback rating, the greatest QBR season ever was Tom Brady, the undefeated regular season. His QBR was 87 on the season. Andrew Luck 
last four games, in each and every game, has been better than 87. So think about what that means. I know it's tougher to do it for a season than four games, but Andrew Luck, the last four games, has played better than any quarterback in history has over a season. So does this keep up? We'll see. But this streak is an all-timer for Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck has not been sacked the last five games now that his O-line is completely intact. However, his center just did go down. Let's keep an eye on that. So go down, is he out? He's out. His center? Yes. Ooh, breaking news. All right, now don't look now, but the Colts are absolutely in the playoff hunt. And you can thank that superb offensive line. Last week when I talked about how Andrew Luck is all the way back, and he is, he's got plenty of time to apply his trade. Plus, I'm guessing they're saving on laundry bills because Indianapolis... Andrew Luck, he's dropped back 214 straight times, and he hasn't been sacked. Now, Miami gets Ryan Tannehill back this week, and that's a good thing for the fish, but the Dolphins are actually 6-1 and one straight up when playing a revenge game coming off a bye. This should be a good game tomorrow, but I kind of like the Colts here. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Up next... San Diego and Arizona. But first, let's throw it to our man, Sleepy J, for another while you were sleeping vignette. Big line move here. 49ers at the Bucks. Tampa Bay opened up minus four at Pinnacle. Now Tampa Bay minus one. If you go to the pregame.com game center, Bernie, you can see 65% of the tickets are on the Bucks, but 68% of the cash is on the 49ers. A good reconnaissance is always by Sleepy J. Not only did they cross through a key number of three, why does that happen? Because money came in, and the books respect the sharp money and the big money. That's going to move the line more than anything else. That's what the odds makers respect. I wonder if the Arizona Cardinals would get any respect from the Chargers tomorrow. They're catching 13 and a half. In this cut, RJ gives a perspective about the Cardinals' defense and shares a stat that will cause you to scratch your head. And in doing so, I guess it sort of exposes the reality of Arizona's offense. Let's take a listen. Arizona's defense by DVOA is the fifth best in the NFL. So think about that. How unusual is that? What do you got, Arizona? 31st? Yes. Okay. Are you, you're not sure? They're, they're in the third. They're either <laughs> Raiders are the worst, right? <laughs> Raiders are number 32. Actually, Arizona number 30. Okay. To me, it's kind of an eye popper. You have a team that is one of the three worst in the NFL that has the fifth best defense. I think it does speak to how bad the Arizona offense is. Now, this is not your father's NFL. We mentioned the Cardinals are catching 13 and a half, but if you just blindly bet double digit favorites since 2016, you'd be a tidy 39 and 20. At one time, that was taboo, but not anymore. And these two combatants, well, They've got something interesting in common for this week's contest. Both of them were upset outright as home favorites last week against teams that were below 500. Now, surprisingly, Arizona is 6-0 as a home dog when facing an AFC team home after losing to an AFC team the previous week. That doesn't mean I want to back them, though. Let's head to Denver. Now, RJ in this cut debunks the scuttlebutt about how the Steelers and the perception of how they fare on the road versus the reality of the situation as Denver's catching three points at home. Let's take a listen. A lot of talk about the Steelers on the road. Big Ben on the road isn't as good. Well, last 11 games, Steelers on the road, straight up 10-0-1. They are undefeated the last 11 games, the Steelers on the road. So all that talk about road woes, well, at least lately, not the case for Pittsburgh. 
Now, if there's one thing that's troublesome from the Steelers here, since 1980 when they travel west as road favorites, they're only 2-12 and against the spread, and they're 0-9 against the number when they're laying more than three points. Now, Denver gives up for these games as a home dog, as evidenced by their sparkling 15-1 record against the spread when they face a division opponent the week before which they did. There might be some value at Denver here catching points at home. All right. Green Bay goes to Minnesota tomorrow night, and the Vikings are laying three against the under 500 Packers. Now, R.J. puts his Perry Mason hat on this week and makes a convincing argument about who covers the spread with the most consistent regularity. And again, he juxtaposes these two teams and their variance of performance when they have to travel. Meanwhile, Fezzik reminds us that Aaron Rodgers and company, frankly, they've been homesick a lot this season. Let's have a listen. I would make the following case. This is the team with the best home field in the NFL right now, statistically, versus the worst road team in the NFL. Since Zimmer started as coach for Minnesota, 2014, the Vikings are 72% against the spread at home. 72%. The Pats are 70%, New England. No other team is better than 57. So think, the third best team is 57. Pats are 70. Vikings are 72. Aaron Rodgers... In his last seven years, the prime of his career has a below 500 record on the road straight up. And the differential between the points you win or lose a game by at home in the road, Green Bay has the biggest differential in the NFL. They actually swing 10.5 points per game home road. Now think, we always say home field is three. That means a six-point swing statistically for Green Bay. That swing is over 10 points. And it's the Packers' fourth road game, their last five, and they've lost the last three road games, maybe a four-game road losing streak coming. One of the things Colin Coward likes to see every week in his Blazing Five is he compares quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers facing Kirk Cousins. As I said before the season, what's the big deal about Kirk Cousins? He's got a 47% winning percentage as a starter in his NFL career. Now comes the reality. The Vikings' offense has gotten worse this season under Kirk Cousins. In fact, the Vikes have dropped in passer rating from 4th to 11th, and they've dropped more. They've dropped from, Actually, they've dropped from 11th to 20th in yards per pass. Meanwhile, Cousins has been sacked more. That shows lack of pocket awareness. And he's thrown more interceptions than his predecessor. So I don't think Kurt Cousins has earned his money this year. And by the way, when it comes to decision-making, Cousins hasn't always been great. The result is an underachieving Mike Zimmer team. But wait, it gets worse. Cousins gets to play in a primetime game Sunday night. And guess what? He's 4-12 and 12 in those situations. I get the feeling Aaron Rodgers gets healthy. Okay, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto. Do me a favor. Don't go anywhere. Up next, this guy is so cool. He once had an awkward moment just to see what it felt like. Yep, it's my man, Jonas Knox. Straight Out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.